You were listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 118. Let's get to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits Podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. And as always, it is an honor and a privilege to have you here. For you avid listeners, of which there are many, I have received quite, quite an influx of emails and messages asking me where or where have I gone. It has been about three weeks since my last episode, and I would like to let you guys know what has been going on over here and to sum it up into a nice, awesome episode that lets you guys learn how you can begin to take on and make massive change in your life. The massive changes that have happened in my life in the last month or so have been rather extraordinary. I have left my um, hotel job that was my side hustle for the last nine years, left that. I walked away and said goodbye to them because I left Los Angeles. And after 12 years in Los Angeles, California, I have decided to pick up my whole operations and for the time being, relocated in the Southeastern Conference. So for those of you who know that I'm a Florida Gator, that won't surprise you that I landed here. Where I landed will surprise you. I'm actually in northern Alabama, about an hour and a half south of Nashville, Tennessee, in a town called Huntsville, known as Rocketville, if I do remember so correctly, because this is where NASA was originally located in um, after World War II when all the German scientists that the U.S. government scooped up after the collapse of the Third Reich, um, all of the German scientists ended up here in Huntsville, and von Braun was their leader, and therefore all of the amazing strides we made in our space program happened here in Huntsville. I have a lot of family members who live here. There's a lot going on with my family, and the more I have journeyed through my own sobriety and recovery mission of just, you know, spreading and growing and, and really evolving into this version of of me that you guys have bore witness to over the last 118 episodes, the more being near my family has taken on a precedent. And so while massive changes have happened in my life that have opened me up to moving to Huntsville, there are still... Um, some anchors that I have in Los Angeles that um, bring me great joy to still um, incorporate into my life. And, and while I start trying to figure out how to transition um, every aspect of my life um, away from LA and perhaps even bringing some of those aspects out here into the Southeast with me, um, what we're going to talk about today is how you can really begin to make massive changes happen in your life. Because a lot of people ask me, they're like, Jesse, you get it into your head that you're going to do something, and then that's it. It just becomes like this focused, intense goal. And they're absolutely right. Now, sometimes this can be to the detriment 
of my relationships. This can be to the detriment of my health. This is this can be to a negative consequences in my career because I do get very focused to the point where it's almost like tunnel vision, where I just see the one path that I have created for myself. And I don't look at my side view mirrors. Um, I don't do a whole lot of looking in the rear view mirror. It is just barreling forward. This is what I've decided to do, and nothing will get in the way of me accomplishing it. Now, I can assure you that is an amazing energy to take into one's life when you are looking to take on massive change in order to really just create amazing in your life. When uh, I use this power at the University of Florida, when I stopped being a bartender, I stopped being a server and I said, that's it, nothing else. I'm just focusing on school. Let's get this done. Let's get my grades up. Let's actually learn things instead of just being a bartender at night and hungover during the day. And I was able to bring my GPA up to a 3.0. I was able to get all of my classes in order. I was able to test out of everything I needed to. And, you know, what uh, had looked like it would take me three years to accomplish took me three semesters. And the beauty of that kind of intense focus is that once it has been created inside, at least for me, once it's been created inside myself, I'm then able to break it down, understand what it took for me to do that, what it took for me to get there, and then I'm able to replicate it. And you've heard me say in the past that if it can't be measured, then it can't be replicated. And if it can't be replicated and you can't figure out how to replicate it, then you either can't break a bad habit or create a better habit because you don't understand the steps that were involved that created or broke the habit to begin with. So when you do amazing things in your life, you there is a level of self-awareness that you want to have that allows you to step back and say, okay, well, this is what I did to accomplish graduating school, or this is what I did to accomplish getting the overseas job, or this is what I did to accomplish starting my own marketing company. This is what I did to accomplish moving to Los Angeles or becoming a stand-up comic or becoming an improvisational artist or being a sports writer or being a morning talk show host and being a morning news host. And uh, there's a lot of things that I was able to accomplish over the last 15, 16 years since I graduated college that were very intense. Now, we're not going to dive into the emotional aspects of this as much. And and certainly if I were to look back at how I created this move to Huntsville, Alabama over the last, let's just say five, six months, you know, I would say that some of the things that I did, I'm not very happy with myself about not uh, including people that were extremely important to me in on what I was planning and really just sort of locking myself up in my office and just barreling down on what I thought I needed to do without taking other people's feelings into consideration. That's a whole nother episode because there's definitely some emotional intelligence growth that I can help guide us through because of what I've just experienced. I will say this as far as it goes, when you have an action that you've taken that you look back on and you're not happy with it, if it doesn't feel good, don't do it twice. If it doesn't feel good, don't do it twice. The lowest vibration we can give off as humans is living in a state of guilt and shame. Because guilt and shame live in the past. And when we're living in a state of guilt and shame, what we're doing is we're holding on to actions that we took in the past and we're living our current life 
through the energy that comes from these past behaviors that were not in alignment with our values. And it is a smart idea to step back, have the self-awareness, review what it is that you've done in your life. If it brought you guilt and shame, review it even more, dive into it deeper with a level of self-awareness that says, I don't want to do this again because it didn't feel good the first time. I don't want to do it twice. Let's review what I did and let's not do it again. And let's really learn from this mistake. And then we can move forward knowing that we took the lesson from the first time we did something that didn't align with our values, knowing that we won't do it again. And there's a lot to unwrap and a lot to discuss there. So we're not going to dive into that this one because today I want to focus on helping you understand how it is that you can begin to create amazing in your life when the payoff can really be far away. And that's the theme of today's show. It's the accomplishing of goals that are years away. When you sign up to go to college, you do so knowing that it will be years until you actually see the payoff of going to school, like the big payoff, the awesome job or the corner office or the income that allows you to buy a home or invest in real estate or set up your Roth IRA at 25, right? Those payoffs, those things are years away because at 18, you're just signing up. You're just going into school. You're just making the decision to massively change your life by getting a higher education. Now, for those of you who are untraditional students, you know, the ones who didn't go straight from high school and do the 18 to 24 thing, right, and graduate college before you hit 25, like, this doesn't exempt you from what I'm talking about, because in many cases, you have gone off, you've lived quite the life, and then you've realized, hey, I actually want to be able to have this level of job or be able to get this level of a promotion. And in order to achieve that, I'm going to need higher education. Your payoff is still further away too. Even if you happen to be working at the job that will one day promote you, or even if you've already had really great jobs, the payoff for why you're going to school is down the road. And yet hundreds of thousands of people sign up for this every single year without any second thought to the fact that the goal is going to take years to accomplish. Now, why is it that people do that? Why is it that so much of society is geared towards go to high school, work your way through the freshman, sophomore, junior, senior ranks, and then go straight into college so that you can have you know this quote-unquote dream life, this desirable life? And even though the dream life that society has promised us to go to college doesn't necessarily show up for everyone right out the gate when they graduate from college, the theory is that you go to college, you get a higher education, and therefore you're able to get better jobs than you would with just a high school education. Now, society has done a great job, has not done a great job of preparing society itself for this influx of college-educated, graduated people. You graduate from school, you go out, and you find that the job market is not conducive for your degree or for your field or for your city that you're in, and all of a sudden you have to make even more massive changes in order to accomplish what it is you set out to accomplish when you first started going to college. 
understanding that you might have to change your environment. You might have to move cities or sell your home or move across town or take on a longer commute. There's a lot of variables that you're going to have to really ask yourself about when you start to choose your major. Am I going to have to change my city? Am I going to have to move away from my family? Am I going to have to move across the country? Am I going to have to live in one part of Los Angeles and drive an hour and a half away to where my job is because I can't afford a home at where my job is? Like, There's a lot of variables that people in L.A. had to think about and continue to think about. I wasn't always a big fan of the congestion and of the drive and, and of everything that was going on in Los Angeles. And because my career does not dictate that I live in Los Angeles in order to accomplish my dreams and to accomplish the growth that I seek, I can live anywhere. So I might as well live close to my family during this stage of my life, especially with what COVID's done to the nation and the world, where family values seem to be taking on a more higher priority for most, they absolutely did for me. Now, for some of you who are like, okay, dude, where are you going with this? Because it seems like you're you're busting out sidebar after sidebar, and you're right. I'm just sort of giving you an overall general idea of all the things that you're going to want to take into consideration as you begin to unravel and unwrap where it is that your college education will ultimately take you. Now, back to my original question from about five minutes ago, why do so many people take on college knowing that it's a far-off payoff? Right? Hundreds of thousands of people a year sign up and they get into the system and they say, okay, here we go. You know, next stop, graduation land. My theory for why so many people are willing to take that on is because the college system is extremely well structured. You know exactly the classes that you're supposed to take each semester in order to drop you off at the end of four, five, maybe six years with a minimum graduate, you know, bachelor's, perhaps even master's degree. It's the structure that the college environment provides as far as the curriculum you will take each semester that gives people the confidence in that they can achieve the graduation and the moving through that whole journey in a reasonable amount of time, and that they will be able to get the job that they have been training for for the four to six years that they were in school. It's the structure. You don't have to worry about what classes to take or when to take them because they tell you, here's the classes you need to take, here's the times when they're offered, build your schedule, You know, figure out when you can work in there, figure out when you can study in there, figure out when you can drop some extracurriculars, now go at it. So if college can prepare hundreds of thousands of people each year to achieve amazing things and to push themselves outside of their comfort zones and to grow and to develop and to really engage in the environment, whether it be through clubs or the Greek community or just you know through study groups, if college can do that, how can we take what college does and replicate it, measure it, and then perform equally as efficiently in our own lives. It's the structure that you can measure. It's the structure that is replicatable. It's why there's tens of thousands of universities all behaving pretty much the same way. 
They might offer different classes here and there, but the the overall structure of the college system, go to class, get some grades, take some tests, pass, move on to the next semester, look at the, the schedule, build your schedule, and then start to fill it in. I mean, it's the exact same structure because it's measurable, because it's replicatable. That's why the university system has been so um, growth-oriented over the last 50 to 75 years. I mean, some of these universities that I pay attention to have been around for 100 years. You know, I love football, and I'll be watching some of the rivalry games that come on tomorrow, and these games, they're like in their 80, 90th, and 100th uh, contest. So we're looking at universities that have been around since the 1900s to the 1940s and thriving and whipping ass, not just on the football field, mind you, but with their curriculum and with their student body and with their graduation rates. So when we want to accomplish amazing things in our lives, we need look no further than how college has structured it. And then we can say, how can we structure our own life in a similar way so that we can achieve great things without having the college structure and the college administrations and the teachers and stuff making sure we get things done on time? There's a great TED Talk where this guy talks about the... um, the uh like i think it's like the impulse monkey um instant gratification monkey if you go on youtube and type in instant gratification monkey and tedx or ted talk you will be able to find this and i love what this guy talks about i've referenced him on the show before in fact i may have given that monkey his own episode and what he talks about is how it's easy to know when you're supposed to do the 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 simple day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month tasks, right? If you don't get your oil changed, your engine will lock up. If you don't clean your house, eventually bugs overtake it. If you don't love people who love you, then eventually they start to fade away out of your life. It's easy to be paying attention to the stuff that is right in your face and making sure that that gets done. What's not so easy is these big, huge, lifelong goals, whether it's getting a PhD, whether it's getting the promotion, whether it's moving up the chain of command at work, whether it's falling in love and getting married and having children and owning a house. Like These are things that you have to put a certain amount of your own personalized energy into that no one else is really going to push forward for you because they're done within your own world within your own experience of reality, getting a PhD or getting that promotion or, or paying off your car on time, whatever these might be. Like, yeah, there might be other people who are involved in the decision-making process, who are involved in the journey, but they're not necessarily the ones who are going to push you to achieve it. To push yourself to achieve it is the mark of someone who has the discipline and the fortitude and the flexibility to understand that when you set a goal, things are going to change, right? Like we've said before, um, plans are worthless, but planning is priceless. You want to have an idea of what's going to happen. And even though you know it won't play out exactly as you planned it, at least you have the foundational support of someone who's thought things through. Where it goes from there, it's really up to just the journey. And then how well do you respond versus react to what is happening? So, 
when we go back and say, wow, you know, how did Jesse transition himself away from Los Angeles? How did he transition himself away from the hotel? How did he transition himself into a career of being a speaker and a trainer and a coach and an author and a podcaster and all of these things? It was by having very clear thoughts about where I want my life to go and then reverse engineering it, putting um, very key um, signposts highway signs, deadlines along the way. Now, one of my friends loves calling deadlines lifelines because he doesn't understand why the word dead has to be in it. You know, tomato, tomato. It, you know, I don't really necessarily have a negative energy around the word deadline, but if you're somebody who does, then call it lifeline because you literally are building your life around these um, particular markers you put along your timeline. So whatever you want to call it, lifeline, deadline, I don't care. That's inconsequential. I don't really think that there's a subconscious thought process around deadline versus lifeline. But what I do know that is important to me, and I have no doubt that you've seen it when you've accomplished great things, especially graduating college or you know, working your way through high school and making sure that you had the right kind of quote-unquote resume for your college admissions exams and tests and, and interviews was that you set up a plan and then you put key road markers along the side to make sure that you were hitting your goals and your targets as you progress through this timeline. And so some of the key ones for me that I really focused on were were financial, were also business-oriented, and were also calendar-related. So let's go over those real quick and then we'll get you guys out of here. So what does financial mean? Anytime you're going to take on a major, major move in your life, whether it's moving cities, whether it's uh, buying, a, maybe it's something to do with relationships, perhaps it's something to do with your environment and moving homes or apartments or into a different city. Perhaps it's a major purchase that you desire in your life, like a car, a home or an RV or something, because this is going to be important for your growth. Your financials are absolutely critical. There is not a business alive that has made it, that has succeeded, that doesn't understand its cash flow opportunities, that doesn't understand whether its cash flow is positive or negative, that doesn't have well-balanced books. And your life is your own business. I'm not saying your own business, like don't be telling other people what you're doing, um, right? I'm not talking about you keeping everything private. I'm talking about you treating your life as if it's a business. What is your cash flow? What is your expenditures? What is your, what, what is, what is your revenue growth? Your gross versus revenue versus net. Do you understand where your money's coming from? And do you understand where your money's going to? In order for me to accomplish this transition from the West Coast to the South, it took a lot of planning to have a bit of a nest egg so that I wouldn't have to move out here and immediately be worried about paying my rent or paying my bills. I had to have a certain amount of money set up. I figured out what that number was, and then I ultimately ended up eclipsing it. Not by a tremendous amount, but by enough where I said, okay, I'm good and set up for a little while. 
I don't have to move and immediately be worried about covering my car insurance or my car payment or groceries or any of that matter, right? Because when you go and you pick up your entire life from one place, all the habits that you've created now get shuffled about. And when you go to the new place, there are, you're going to have to redo all those habits. I love getting 12,000 steps. I like working out. I like contacting people over the phone. I've got clients. I've got speaking engagements. All of these habits were very much in a nice little ball when I was in Los Angeles. Well, that ball has been tossed up in the air and has turned into hundreds of different balls. It's up to me to catch them all and then to put them back into the best order for me in order for me to get my life focused now. And one of the best things I can think of in order to make all of that accomplishable is to not be stressing out about money. So when you want to make a huge move and a huge transition in your life, you're going to want to get your finances figured out. You're going to want to know how much you need for bills every month. And you're going to want to store away about six to nine months of that kind of money so that when you go to make the transition, you're not freaking out about bills. I know for some of y'all who barely hold down a savings account, that might seem insane. But I'm telling you, if you pull out your credit card that you put everything on and you start going through it, you're going to find that you're spending money on some real stupid stuff, some real waste of time crap. Right? Do you really need Starbucks every single day? Like, honestly, you think their coffee tastes that much better? Right? Or is it just being able to walk around with a Starbucks coffee? Like, I'm the kind of person who affords a $5 latte every day. Well, you know what? I'm the kind of person who could afford a $5 latte every day and doesn't and banks that $150 to the side and boom, chakalaka. My cell phone bill is always covered. And you know what? I drink delicious coffee at home. So understand your finances whenever you're ready to make a huge move. When it comes to, to moving too, you you want to be able to understand how is this going to ultimately affect your relationships? And are you focused in on how you are talking to everybody about what's getting ready to happen? And one of the main things I noticed about my relationships and the transition through this is communication at its utmost is going to be what helps other people around you know how to best support you. And in order to really step into a place of positive growth-oriented communication, you have to have a good, positive mindset. Now, we talk about mindset all the time. I mean, hell, in my book, it is literally develop a growth mindset is the very first principle. And there's a reason for that. Because a growth mindset lets you know that your your skill set is not fixed. Your intelligence is not fixed. Yes, your IQ is relatively fixed based on what science says, but what you can learn and what you can do with that knowledge is what I talk about whenever I reference intelligence. It can grow. It can, it can blossom, right? Think about it. 10 years ago, no one had any familiarity with how to have a supercomputer in their pocket, yet we all seem to have picked that up relatively quickly. Even people who were not into video games prior to the iPhone's release had no problem figuring out how to operate around that. Now, while there are certainly people who are much more ex- uh, expert at it right, than, my, let's say, our parents, who still have the Apple-loaded apps as their their first screen. And then you you look at the rest of their phone and it's like wherever the app happened to pop up when they download it is just where it ends up being, right? You can tell when somebody actually knows what they're doing with their phone whenever they've got things well organized, you know, and they're able to fly through their phone and, and get to all the apps that they use on a regular basis. Parents are not so much, 
right? My dad still got the stock app on his home screen. And I'm like, dude, you never have opened this up in your entire life. Why don't you just put all of these apps that you never use into a one folder and slide it about 10 screens back because you don't need it. <laughs> so back to developing a growth mindset, there was a song that um, I really took a liking to by Tom Petty. And I think it's like, it's time to move on. It's time to get going. What's past the headlights? We have no way of knowing. And it was that line, what's past the headlights? We have no way of knowing. A lot of this transition, a lot of the energy I took into this was just knowing that I could figure it out as the problems or as the solution opportunities came to me. I couldn't possibly plan for everything. I couldn't possibly see all the different variables that were going to pop up along the way, but I could do my best to be prepared for what it is I knew was going to happen now and then just know that I had the ability to figure it out later. For those of you who have never moved from one major city to the next or have never really transitioned from one major aspect of your life to the next, and you say, well, I don't have any experience in that. Well, you graduated high school and you went off to college. If you're non-traditional, you lived a whole life before you went back to college. So there is absolutely that version of you. Even if you stayed in your own hometown and you went to college and you just come back home every night, you still made a you still made a huge transition. You still left your high school and you went off to college and there was all these new people there and you're making friends and you're joining clubs or you're doing some level of interaction there. There's somewhere in your life you can say, I made a major transition and okay, how did I do it then? Right? Did I plan out my finances? Did I plan out my skill set? Did I plan out my timeline? My, did I manage my calendar better? What did I do? Great. Now I'm measuring things. Now I can replicate. Are you not happy with the way that you worked out your timeline before? Great. Then figure out what it was you did the first time and don't replicate it the same way. Shift around some stuff until you find your perfect combination. Your life really is just like a humongous pot of stew. Right, where you're just throwing in ingredients and you don't know if they're all going to be amazing, but you sure as hell are ready to experiment and try. And that's what we're looking for. You don't need to know everything that's past the headlights. You just have to be willing to experiment and try. Have faith in yourself that you'll figure it out. For me, I like to back myself into a corner. I like to put myself into a position where I have no choice but to, to succeed. There is no failure. There's only feedback on how not to do it the next time. So I don't consider myself having ultimately failed as much as learned other ways that I could try it the next time. That's what we talk about with self-awareness, measuring, and replication. Is that we don't see things as failures. We say, okay, well, that wasn't the best way to do it. What's a different way to do it so I can get a different result next time? And I'll just keep experimenting until I finally nail it. And then that's what I'll replicate. And then even in the replication of something that once was successful for you may not necessarily be completely successful for you the next time. I sound like I'm rattling off a tongue twister here, right? Just because it wasn't successful the first time, wasn't successful the next time, and then replication and multiplication, and then move the Z and the X and multiply by 12, right? <laughs> what we're looking for here is a system that we can at least begin to try to plug and play into.
knowing that certain aspects are going to need to change because variables will change. Your level of knowledge or expertise or finances or development of the growth mindset or relationships or extracurriculars, there's all these different variables that could make what you try to replicate in the future not come out as well as it did the first time. And that's great. That's awesome. That shows that you're growing and evolving and developing. And now you just take this version of you that's listening to this today and say, okay, well, based on what I've done in the past, how can I then replicate and let's see where it gets me? And then we'll shift what we need to shift, but we'll develop a growth mindset that lets us know that as long as we keep trying, then we can keep succeeding. It's when you stop trying that's when you start to take on the failure mindset, right? There is no failure. There's only feedback is one of my favorite mottos. But when we quit, that's pretty much admitting that that's not working for me anymore. And we've talked about this. Certain things just no longer serve you. But I've quit some things. I've made some decisions in my life, especially recently, and then had to sit back and say, ah, son of a gun, I'm not so sure that was the right move. And I'll do my best to right the wrongs I've made, to take the feedback and create something better and new and stronger. And because consequences have actions, we may not always be able to fix what we've broken. But like I said before, if we don't like the way it feels the first time, don't do it twice. If nothing else, I at least get to walk away with the lesson and then do it better the next time. And then that leads us into the third part of making massive change. It's actually setting up very strategic calendar markers in your life that guarantee that you know you are making headway. When it came to this move, whether it was selling the motorcycle or the turntables or getting my money in order or uh, getting certain projects wrapped up or pausing certain projects, you have to have things on the calendar that say, this is when I'm making this happen. For me, I'm in a a men's business professional group called METAL, Media, Entertainment, Technology, Artists, and Leaders. And we had a huge event at this dude ranch. And out of like the thousands of members of of the METAL, only about 90 of us were invited to this. And that was starting on November 14th. And so I made November 14th the, the calendar mark for when I would have everything ready to go and in my car and ready to move. Hindsight being 2020, I could have slowed that down a lot and I could have stuck around in Los Angeles and and, and been a little, uh, a lot more uh, present to some of the things that I was doing there. And I could have gone back and I could have, I could have uh, righted some wrongs is probably the best way I can say it right now. But ultimately I held firm to November 14th. I got everything in my car and I drove out of Los Angeles at 4.30 in the morning on a Sunday and made it to Tucson, Arizona by one o'clock to check in for the event. It was an awesome event. I'm very happy I went. I ultimately caught COVID there. Not thrilling. Uh, I'm still not feeling all that great. But, you know, thankfully for me, I had the vaccination, so I didn't end up feeling too bad, too sickly. That's a whole nother episode. Um, But for now, I just sort of slid that. I got COVID at a dude ranch in right at the very end. But I'll say this, that because I had very distinct markers on my calendar, I was able to keep track and make sure that I was moving forward. Again, I can definitely look back and see where, especially at the end of September, beginning of October, I could have pumped the brakes, stepped back, 
taken a breather and said, okay, am I extremely thrilled with the way that this timeline's playing out? Ultimately, it wasn't until I stepped back about 15 times in about mid-October did I realize I really could have done this a different way and I maybe could have waited until 2022. Either way, I've made the decision. I mean, I'm here. I'm in Huntsville. It's done. So now what can I do to uh, fix some of the things that I believe I broke and, and how can I manage my relationships better in the future, right? There was definitely a few people who were caught off guard to say the least about this move. And now it's up to me to figure out a, a way to either reconcile that or, you know, whatever that might be. I don't even know if there's an or there. How can I reconcile it? We're working on that. So it's very important, as I mentioned earlier, with the relationships that you're communicating effectively with the people closest to you in your life about the changes that you're seeking to make. Because if they're close enough to you, then the decisions you're making aren't just for you. They're also for them. And it's really important that they have, they have a say, that they're sitting at that table and that they're able to discuss it with you in a way where just because they may not necessarily agree with everything that you're doing, that you don't see it as them trying to hold you back, but maybe just offering you an alternative. So it's really powerful to be able to communicate with those that you love, understand that whatever is past the headlights, even though you don't know what's there, you can still accomplish it, right? You can still figure it out because you have developed that growth mindset and you're putting some really important road markers along your way. You're putting some really important dates in your calendar to make sure that you're ready. Is it having, you know, 50% of the things you own sold so that you can pack them up into a U-Haul or your car? Right? Is it being focused on your uh, your new job and making sure that you're getting things done with that so that when you move, you're prepared for that? Is it, you know, it can be anything, right? It, it can have anything to do with your life. Is it getting a gym membership set up so it's already done when you get there? Is it is it closing out all your bills that, you know, I mean, I had to cancel gym memberships. I had, I had, a, I had, there's a lot of things I had to do on the back end to make sure that when I made this transition, I didn't, I wasn't leaving behind me a a trail of things to deal with in Los Angeles, you'll know the things that are particular to where you're living that you'll need to close out, bank accounts or accounts at businesses, and then where will you need to then replicate those same kind of accounts where you're going. You can be putting these things in your calendar. This is why college is so successful, because they tell you when your finals are. They tell you when your midterms are. They tell you when your papers are due. All of these things that you need to be able to accomplish to pass a class, to learn the information, to then take it out into the real world, quote unquote, real world, they give you all of these road markers. So how can you set up road markers in your life? Whether it's your finances, whether it's your relationships, whether it's your communication, whether it's in your growth mindset, whether it's dates on your calendar, whether it's times that are set up, whether it's saying goodbye to all your friends, where can you start to set up a structure for yourself that that basically replicates the college experience? In doing so, nothing that you want to achieve is outside of your scope or range of capabilities. It might seem like it is. When you say, I'm going to build a skyscraper, that might seem rather impossible because right now you're just trying to lay down a cement foundation, right? Or in LA, you're trying to dig a deep enough hole to put the support beams so that when the earthquake happens, the whole damn thing doesn't collapse. It might seem insurmountable when you're looking at a hole in the ground and you're like, how on the earth am I going to build this thing 400 feet tall? But no one's thinking about the spire at the top. Well, not no one. There are people who are in charge of thinking about the spire at the top. 
But the people who are on the ground working each day, they're not concerned with where that spire is going to go when they're trying to lay a beam that will keep the foundation supporting this entire skyscraper on day one. That's what you want to take on. You want to be that person who's day in, day out, you're down there with the gloves on, with your tools, working on your life. Worry about the spire when you get the roof of the skyscraper put on. Don't not think about the spire until the day you put the roof on, but don't be all consumed with the spire while you're still trying to lay down support beams. That's how you accomplish amazing things in your life. And I can assure you, when you start to break it down step by step, what seems insurmountable absolutely will become clear and capable for you to achieve in your life. And this is how, my friends, you can move from Los Angeles to Huntsville and feel that overall, while you may have not done everything correctly, you still ended up here. And you know what? That ain't too shabby. Minus the COVID. I love you all. Thank you for your time. Happy Thanksgiving, as always. Inclusivity over exclusivity. The power of positive energy, release and flow. If you would like to know how to become a member of the Wise Mind Empowerment and Leadership Tribe, I am putting together an amazing two-month program that is starting up in December that is going to guide people to achieving the most amazing things in their lives. You don't. Have, if you're only hearing this now and it's, you know, March of 2023, I'm still going to be running this kind of program. I'm still going to be doing the tribe and I'm still going to be guiding people to become the best versions of themselves each and every day. If you want to know how to become more involved in the things that I talk about and the things that I teach, go over to Instagram at Jesse Mogul and drop me a DM. You can also drop me a DM or a message over at TikTok at Jesse Mogul. You can Google Jesse Mogul. I'm the only one on the planet. It is not hard to find me. You can email me. If you like, jesse at jessemogul.com. Again, super simple. You can't forget it. Even if you're driving, don't write it down. Just remember, Jesse Mogul. All right, my friends, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. Until we meet again, be splendid. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.